The Hoop Collective is brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Hello, welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA. Here we go with the time again. It's 12.30 in Tokyo on Friday. It's sometime at night in the United States. I don't know what time it is. It's 11.30 on Thursday night. That's Tim Bontemps joining us from Boston, where he oh, covered yes. the draft, From uh, wrote a whole bunch of stories on the draft for us tonight at ESPN. Joining us from Dallas, where he was tracking the very active Houston Rockets, but a big night tonight is Ben McMahon. Actually, in the, in the, in the land of Mickey, but it's neither here nor there. Oh, are you in Orlando? No, no, no. They're the, the land other of, land of Mickey. Anaheim. You're in Anaheim. And Anaheim squeezing in a little uh, M-I-C-K-E-Y action. I don't even want to know what time it is there. I can't even process it. I'm, I'm in the it's mid. It's 8.37. I can tell you the time because I can do math. So I'm in the mid-Olympic Malay. I'm in the mid-Olympic thing where you're just, there's only so many 7-Eleven meals you can eat before really, your mind really goes to much. It's really a tough life, Tim, that Brian has in Tokyo, right? He's covering, <laughs> covering Team USA. He's going to watch golf. It's a really rough life that he has. Listen, I, I don't know how I, he does I, it. I'm not going to complain about a guy who's working his butt off right now in Tokyo when I, I did the, okay, got to get this, the kids a vacation. I can squeeze it in right here. Please, NBA, don't do the draft or free agency this weekend. Then, uh, you know, a few weeks later, <laughs> draft and free agency this weekend. So it will be a, a working vacation for sure. As, as right. it well, right I hope now. you hope you enjoy yourself. So um, we had a, a pretty big trade to start off the night. Um, uh, this this was a trade that had been floating around for the last few days in the league, maybe the last week. But it was sort of predicated on the idea that maybe Bradley Beal would, you know, say that he wants to be traded, and then this would be the 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 following move would be they would then have to trade Russell Westbrook, and that the Lakers would move in on it. Well, Bradley Beal did not ask to get traded. And I would say at this point, it looks like he's going to stay. I don't have direct reporting on that, but I would say it looks like mm-hmm. he's going to stay. So the Lakers go ahead, and I mean. I, I got to, th- again, I don't know for sure on this, but I got to think that LeBron James was a driving factor on this. LeBron and Russell Westbrook have had a growing relationship the last couple of years. Uh, LeBron spending some time with him since he uh, moved to LA. And I know Bon Temps feels a certain way about this, McMahon. So before yes. I yield to him, I'm going to ask what you think of this because you obviously covered Westbrook closely in Houston. You felt a certain way about him. Um, they give up, you know, three rotation players. I know that the three rotation players aren't going to be Hall of Famers, but Kuzma, Kentavious, Caldwell Pope, mm-hmm. and Montrez Harrell, who opted into his contract to make this happen. Yep. And uh, and then the twenty second pick in the draft, which is a which bounced around, pretty, but still, it's a it's a it's a first yeah, round pick. Washington then following uh, traded it again, but I want before before we let Bontemps go, I wanna I wanna hear what you think of it. Listen, I, I think that Bontemps' concerns about this deal from a Lakers perspective are quite reasonable. Um, great. He's friends with LeBron. Well, hey, buddies with James Harden since childhood. Oh, it's going to work because they want to make it work. Russell Westbrook is still capable of wreaking havoc. We saw that in, in Washington. We even saw it in, in Houston. 
He's still capable of, of putting up huge numbers. He is not capable of playing off the ball. He is not capable of spacing the floor. He has to have the ball in his hands. He has to dominate the ball to, uh, you know, to, to be Russell Westbrook. I don't see how that fits as LeBron's teammate. I don't see how the Lakers, when they had a chance to address their biggest need, a, a glaring lack of shooting, you know, I thought Buddy Heald uh, would have fit. I don't see how you, you, you say, well, uh, you know what? We don't really need to address shooting. Let's bring in one of the worst jump shooters in the league in Russell Westbrook again. I think Russ on on the right team is still a guy who can put up big numbers, who can, you know, at least make you competitive. I don't I don't see Russ as a guy who nudges the Lakers, you know, further towards another championship. Yeah, I mean, uh, the instantaneous reaction is that oh my god! I mean, I I saw it on our air. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lakers have a big three now, you know, because it is a. Uh, Definitely a star-driven trade. We've seen so many of these types of trades over the last four or five years that it almost is numbing. Like, oh, it's okay. It's a, right. it's another clustering of stars. Um, and so, I mean, there are certain people that are going to be really, really excited about this, who think that this is going to, you know, guarantee the Lakers back into the championship. Um, I am not one of those do, people. <laughs> I, I know. A shocker. Here it comes. He's he's just getting set up. Here it goes. But. Um, I think it's important context to realize that as Woj reported and is out there, they had the, you know, they gave up four assets in this trade, obviously the three players mm-hmm. in the first round draft pick. Um, they had the buddy healed trade they could have made and then would have had the first round draft pick and Kyle Kuzma to go out and make another move. I think well, that's Kuzma important. context. That, Kuzma would have been in that trade, I believe. Pretty I'm sure sorry, it was going to be uh, Kuzma. Can, Kuzma and Heald. Uh, they would have had KCP. You are correct. KCP right. in the first round pick. I think that's just important context. Okay, Bontos. Yeah, I mean, you kind of just set it up there, Brian. I mean, when I when I thought that the Lakers were going to trade Kyle Kuzma and Montesero for Buddy Heald, I thought that was a really good trade for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. You know, what did we say on this podcast all last year? The Lakers had no three-point shooting, right? They had all these guys who couldn't shoot around LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Buddy Heald has his flaws. He is one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA, and him on the wing with catch and shoot uh, and catch and shoot opportunities with LeBron James running pick and rolls with Anthony Davis would have been deadly. That's exactly the kind of move the Lakers needed to make. It's a smart team building move to try to put the best pieces around LeBron and AD to win. Instead, what do the Lakers do? They chase after the big starry name, Russell Westbrook. Let's bring the Los Angeles, you know, native home. Big, you know, great story. Russ is back. Lakers have a big three. We're going to march to a championship. The rental rust tour continues. Yeah, four teams in four years for this guy. Four teams in four years. It's not a coincidence. McMahon's been around two of them. It was when is it OKC? Then he goes to Houston with James Harden. That immediately blows up. He goes to Washington with Bradley Beal. They're a mediocre Eastern Conference team, and now he's with the Lakers in what couldn't be a worse fit with LeBron James. The, the one we... thing I will say is. The Wizards were a pretty good team once they got through the COVID outbreak and got healthy and all that. But they were still going to lose in the first round in the East, though. You're right. They weren't as, you know what I mean? Like they were okay. But the, this is this is like what we talked about last offseason when the Lakers traded for Dennis Schroeder. 
and signed Montrezl Harrell. Those are moves that you're trying to make. You're making if you're trying to win 45 games. Are the Lakers trying to win 45 games? Or are the Lakers trying to win a championship? Russell Westbrook's a guy that wins you regular season games. When you get in the playoffs, he doesn't shoot. He doesn't. Or he defend. does. Or he well, does. <laughs> Either way, it's problematic. Make, to be fair, to your point, to be fair, he will shoot. He will not make shots. He doesn't defend. And he causes problems for your team. Well, and, and also, so, here's the deal Anthony Davis, you're a full time center because, dude, you cannot, you cannot play two bigs and Russell Westbrook. Like, no. Yeah, I mean, Houston, Houston decided you can't play any bigs. That's yeah, right. So. The, Rock, the Rockets traded quick apologists to make sure that they could get Westbrook on the court. I mean, look, this isn't that Russell Westbrook is an awful basketball player. He's not. But he's an awful fit for the Lakers. Yeah, I don't like and the to fit. Point, and to your point, Brian, the Lakers only have so many assets, right? You've been saying from the moment they made the AD trade, the AD trade was great, but it was going to limit them in their ability to improve this team down the road because they gave up so many picks and so many assets. They really didn't have much left. Now they've burnt all those assets to make this trade. And by the way, four months ago, they could have traded for Kyle Lowry. And the only yes. difference would have been they would have given up Taylor Horton Tucker. And by the way, like we said in March, if they'd made that trade, I think the Lakers would have won the title. And Kyle Lowry is a perfect fit to play with LeBron James and mm-hmm. Anthony Davis as a guy who plays defense, who can move the ball as well as anybody, who is a great spot of three-point shooter. Like, that's, that would have been a move that made all sorts of sense. And instead, they now trade for a guy who's not as good as him, who's more expensive than him, and is a way worse fit. So Yeah, yeah but you know what? They, but in, in the defense of the Lakers, they might be able to turn around and trade Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul and a couple first-rounders and a couple swaps. I mean, maybe. That's oh, no way. You, you, yeah. I don't, I don't know if they're going to pull that off. Again. By the way, the, the Rockets now for, for Russell Westbrook, they still owe that fortunate for them. They didn't have to do the one swap. They still owe swap. They still owe two picks, you know, very lightly protected. And they got half of this Turkish dude for them. That's the, the, the pick from Washington, <laughs> the protected pick from Washington. They had it for that and the protected pick from Detroit. So they got half of this Turkish teenage dude. <laughs> well, so I think the key for the Lakers is we oh, have to see Ball. how they they have to finish the offseason before we can fully appreciate where they are as a team. So I mean, they do have we, uh, do we have to honestly like what if whatever else the Lakers do at this point, they're still going to have this gigantic problem of Russell Westbrook trying to fit with LeBron James going into the season. That's, that's not going to change. Well, the, th- the thing about it is, is I mean, I, I don't know who their center is going to be. It better I, be Anthony Davis. It's hard to imagine it's going to be Anthony okay. Davis. I don't know who their point guard is going to be. Okay, yeah, It's Russell Westbrook. Well, their point guard, Russell Westbrook. I'm sorry. You're right. I'm sorry. They have their point guard. I, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. Or LeBron James. Bra- brain fart. <laughs> uh, what I meant to say is I don't know who their shooting guard is going to be. Yes. Um, and I don't know who their other – player who they're going to put in there when they want to go to their shooting lineup is. Um, so I would assume they're going to want to re-sign Caruso and Horton Tucker. If for I mean, no Alex other Caruso's reason, probably going to be their starting other starting guard, right? Well, the thing about it is where this trade puts them, they're, they're basically, they're at 130 million. So the, as far as their salaries go, 
they're not going to be able to use the full mid-level. So they're going to have to use the taxpayer mid-level, which is five, like 5.7 million. So, you know, I know that there's some people out there who have dreamed about them trying to figure out a way to get DeMar DeRozan. Now, I mean, DeMar at this DeRozan, point, well, you that know, would be a, that'd be an even bigger disaster at this point. Yeah. Like, dude, you have to, you have to get somebody who, if he's alone at the three-point line, it, it would be somewhat concerning for the opposing defense. Well, that's, but, this, but this is the alternate reality I want to set up. Just remember, with where let's, let's look at where they are on August 10th and remember that they could have had Buddy Heald mm-hmm. and, and they might have been able to do a sign-and-trade with, with a first-round pick and um, KCP to get DeMar DeRozan. They might have been able to pull that off. Um, so, I, mean, I don't think DeMar, but again, DeMar is the same. DeMar goes back to the same problem we're talking about where the Lakers are chasing star names that are not fits with the guys that they well, have on their team. But, no, but if you if you have healed and then you're adding DeRozan at, at some sort of, I mean, he, but even then the thing with then, Russ DeMar, is you're doing, you're doing it with a $40 million contract. No, I was and you're I doing totally it as a guy who needs to dominate the ball. Like, no, I totally yeah, you know, totally in, 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 in so, Wendy's so let's, alternate let's world, maybe DeRozan's even coming off the bench in the sixth man role. Yeah, so, I mean, that's so, fair. So DeRozan becomes sixth man role. Let's see if they can somehow figure out a way to sign and trade Dennis Schroeder for something. That's one. Mm. Two, let's see the contracts that Horton Tucker and Caruso ultimately get, assuming that they stay in LA and with their contracts, it can become assets. And let's see what they do with that mid level exception money, which, you know, to me, Thinking about maybe DeRozan and Heald, and then using that mid-level exception to get some sort of center that can that can play in there when it's not Anthony Davis. That to me was a was a logical way. Assuming LeBron and AD come back full power, that is a that is a, a stud team. But let's just see where they are. And, and the thing about it is, I want to talk a little bit about the point guard market. Um, point guard market is very much driving this mm-hmm. off season. So now that we've moved past the draft, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, Chris Paul is whether he opts out of his contract or not. Um, from what I understand, uh, New Orleans made a strong. I te- I know technically free agency hasn't started yet, so got to be careful what I say, or otherwise I'll be accused <laughs> of reporting tampering. New Orleans makes this trade with Memphis. Uh, by the way, from what I understand, Memphis was was um, pretty far down the road with Sacramento. That would send would have sent Jonas Valanciunas to Sacramento um, in a package that would have brought back uh, Marvin um, Marvin uh, Bagley, and then um, would also have brought back the number nine pick. So they end up doing the deal with New Orleans instead and get the number ten pick. That's important. So they end up doing a deal that clears out twenty extra million in space. So now they can get to a thirty million dollar contract or somewhere in that neighborhood. So. From what I understand, New Orleans was targeting Chris Paul and Kyle Lowry with those with that slot. Now, Chris Paul had a very good relationship with Willie Green, who was their head coach or was their assistant coach. He is now the new Pelicans head coach. And they believe that that relationship could be a draw in free agency. Uh, But the feeling within the league now is that Chris Paul is going to stay put in Phoenix, whether or not he is going to opt out and sign a new deal or extend his contract or whatever. Um, the belief is that Chris Paul is not ever going to be on the open market. Kyle Lowry has many options. Yep. 
He, the Miami Heat, He's the most interesting have, guy in free agency next week. Yeah, the Miami Heat are obviously very interested there. They can create a lot of space. They'd have to cut some dudes. They'd have to cut Goran Dragic. I think they'd have to cut Andre Iguodala or trade them off, um, and uh, to open up the kind of space they'd need for Lowry, who's looking at, you know, a deal between twenty-five and thirty million. I think is where he's looking, and the, the number of years are going to matter. So he's got. New Orleans sitting there. He's got Miami who wants him. Jimmy Butler would love to play with him. And then you've got Dallas who, mm-hmm. if Dallas says goodbye to, to correct me if I'm wrong here, McMahon, if they say goodbye to Tim Hardaway, they could get into the neighborhood of the mid twenties to, to 30 million in space. Is that right? Yeah. And, and, um, and, and I mean, there's no secret that uh, the Mavs are looking to move Josh Richardson, assuming he opts into his contract. So that, that could get them, you know, well into the thirties. Um, you know, the Mavericks, they do want to keep Hardaway. Uh, I just, you know, I don't see a realistic way that they can do that and sign a guy like Lowry. Yeah. Okay. So whatever Dallas has interest in Lowry and, yes. uh, and they're going to try to figure it out. And so the key I think for Lowry will be also, I think I should point out Philadelphia who, um, didn't trade for him in the, in the spring. Uh, you know, Masai Ujiri, I've said this to Bontemps before, but Masai Ujiri has done a lot of very good things. And we'll talk about a big Masai Ujiri decision just in a minute here that he made tonight. Um, Masai has done a lot of great things to build a championship team. The way he handled the Kyle Lowry situation, the deadline continues to be mysterious to me. And um, so Philadelphia, I do think, has some interest in doing a sign and trade. That's the only way they could get him with Toronto. T- Toronto has offered Pascal Siakam around and they drafted uh Scotty Barnes tonight, which yeah. maybe further makes it clear. I mean, not that Barnes is going to be this going to be that type of fill-in, but it kind of makes it clear where they're going with Siakam. But one of the mechanisms for them to improve would be to sign and trade Lowry. Philadelphia is a place for that, and I know everybody's mm-hmm. going to jump to Ben Simmons' conclusions, but I just I just don't think there's any traction on Ben Simmons' deals. As I talk to teams out there, they talk about what Philly is asking for, and it's almost laughable. The 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 the, the, the <laughs> And I, some of the stuff has gotten reported, but with, with suffice to say, the offers that I have told Philly has made to trade Simmons are so aggressive and outlandish that it makes you walk away saying they're not really trying to trade. They, they, they're trying to get, as Woj put it, a Harden-esque package when they were willing to give up. They were eager to give up Simmons, you know, plus to get to get Harden, it's like well, it's, yeah, but, come on. That was before. Let me just say, Astros playoffs. How how can how can you you go forward with Ben Simmons when he's already fragile um, in general, and now he's he's being talked about everywhere. I mean, Woj yeah, is talking I, about I just, his his availability on national television the, like it's the, the time of day. The only answer is that Daryl Morey gives zero bleeps about. Yep you know, chemistry and kind of the human yep. element, but it's just, I mean, you're just asking for a complete circus. If Ben Simmons uh, is on that roster at the start of training camp, much less the regular season. No question. Well, right. What, I, what, what have we, what do we know about Daryl Morey, Tim? He is not going to trade a guy at less than what he thinks his value is. And he doesn't mind awkward, uncomfortable situations. Right. And uncomfortable Mm -hmm. roster situations like he has proven time and again, this is how he's going to operate. And to your point, Brian, with the way 
the, 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 the gap between where Simmons' value is in the league and what Philadelphia appears to want in a trade for him could not be wider. And so I've just been saying repeatedly, I just don't see how this happens anytime soon unless that gap shrinks. And well, unless Daryl backs off, backs off. He's going to have to and back I off. I don't see how well, the gap that's shrinks. It shrinks. That's what I mean. I don't it has to shrink somehow. Either teams I don't see have to how come the gap, up or they have to come down. I don't see how the gap shrinks unless Simmons goes and starts playing much better. Well, and that's this my whole thought. scenario makes it harder. So I think their best, their better move would have been to just say we're not – they know that they can't get what they want. So I would just say we love Ben Simmons. We're going to bring him back, and we're going to be even better next year. We were great this year. We're going to be even better. And we're not absolutely not trading Ben Simmons. Don't Which call Darryl, us. Daryl is perfectly capable of lying through his teeth on the record. I mean, yeah, and that so, still might be coming. But let's be well, honest. It's too nobody, late now. Nobody's going to. Yeah, nobody would believe it. Ben Simmons right. wouldn't believe it. Of course. Most not. importantly. So, all right. So that so there's going to be a musical chair. So somebody's going to get Lowry and, and some teams are going to miss out. And so then you look at, well, what else is out there? Well, Spencer Dinwiddie is out there. Mike Conley. New Orleans has interest there. Mike Conley is out there, although within the league, people think there's very likely right. that he's going to um, uh, he's going Utah. to he's going to leave Utah. He's probably going to resign. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seat Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP, H-O-O-P. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. But, but it will not be cheap, and they will be paying significant luxury tax. That's right. Let me ask you this: uh, the the Memphis trade that they that they made to acquire the thirtieth pick with Utah tonight was there any salary? Do you know Bontemps that was offloaded? I believe in that it trade? was. I believe I believe McMahon might know better than me. I believe it was just moving back and getting two future seconds. Two future deal. seconds. Yeah, I mean, the difference between thirty and forty, uh, the difference between thirty and you know a non guaranteed. Midish second rounder, yeah. Um, no, they, they, yeah. You know, this, I mean, there was a lot of talk about them maybe unloading favors tonight. Uh, that didn't happen, you know. I mean, there, there's just there's been a lot of smoke. There about was no the cash dumps tonight, yeah. There's been a lot of a lot of talk about the Jazz looking to dump uh salary, and that, and that did not happen. All right, well, the reason they've been looking to dump salary is because I think they're intending to keep Mike Conley, right. So, at, at you know it's going to be a big, big number, and my guess is going to be for at least three years. But we'll see if it's all fully guaranteed. But I, I would I would I would be careful about thinking about Mike Conley anywhere, but right. uh, but Utah. So um, then you have you know guy a guy like Lonzo Ball who's restricted. Who um, New Orleans can't just obviously to sign a guy like Lowry or to sign a guy like Dinwiddie, they'd have to renounce him and say thank you. 
Mm-hmm. But until they have that guy in the fold, I'm not expecting them to renounce him. So um, I would expect that to be a restricted free agent process. Then you have a guy like Schroeder. And so you know, Schroeder is going to have to sit there and wait for things to develop to see where things go. And where is Schroeder's home going to be? Is Schroeder's home going to be maybe in Chicago? Billy Donovan, where he played for him in Oklahoma City. Is Schroeder's home going to be in Toronto? And that's what brings me to this. Well, the only person who is more upset about the Russell Westbrook trade than me probably is uh, Dennis Schroeder, I would think, because this is this has got to take a pretty significant dent out of uh, out of his uh, leverage and trying to get some sort of a deal with the Lakers if everything else falls apart. Given, remember, he did turn down a pretty hefty extension back in the spring that you know you might mm-hmm. be wishing he had signed. Well, on the line, right? I mean, you know, I mean, I don't want to jump too far ahead in the conversation, but. Um... You know, there's always a possibility if he doesn't get what he likes, he could just take a one-year deal from the Lakers and could well, stay. They have, to, they have to, but how much are they going to pay him? Well, that's a negotiation. They're at, 100, they're at $120 million with three players right now. Well, so I'll tell you one thing. You if know. you can sign him to a contract you can trade later, you'll do it. Uh, but that's that's, that's too far true. down the road. That's that's a con, that's a discussion for 10 days from now. Um, but there's just going to be a lot of point guards out there. And also, I want to point out Kemba Walker yeah. is hanging out there with the thunder and you know, the thunder, the thunder just drafted more ball handlers tonight. Their first round picks a ball handler, Josh Giddy. I mean, he's not a classic point guard, but he bundles a ball. So, um, you know, Kemba Walker for somebody point guard at 18 also. That's right. And, and that guy, you know, Gilgis Alexander. Right. And, right. There's, and there's a guy like Derek Rose hanging out there. Not that I think Derek Rose is going to be like a massive dollar man, but I mean, if you need a point guard, you know, I, I, at this point, I think the Knicks, yeah, decent chance Knicks are going to keep him, but um, I mean, he was their uh, best player in the playoff series. They lost, yeah. but he was their best player in the series. And point then guard's if, definitely driving the market. To your point, all the way right. around. And then if the if the if the Heat have to move off of Goran Dragic to make room to sign Kyle Lowry or somebody else, Dragic will be out there in the market, and mm-hmm. that's a guy who I think can really help somebody. Um, so the, the point guard market is just uh, it's it's good. There's a lot of things that are going to have to flip around, um, but. Toronto now may be in that market because one of the big surprises in the draft was that they, to get to the draft here, um, they passed on drafting um, Jalen Suggs for the number four pick. The first three picks went as we expected. Mm-hmm. Kate Cunningham, uh, just a terrific size. I mean, uh, those guys, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, Kate Cunningham has been well covered. Uh, Jalen Green, who on this podcast the other day, Mark Spears made a big, his strong case for he thought was the best player in the draft. The Cavs, in my view, the Cavs had the best spot in the whole draft in terms of there was clearly a, a delineation of those top three guys. The Cavs didn't have to really work. They they knew, I mean, they had to do their research, but they were like, whoever is sitting there, we're going to take. And they did. They took Evan Mobley. And so the big decision came to four because the rumor that went out in the league over the last few weeks was that Jalen Suggs workout with the Raptors was not strong. And so you wonder like, you know, in my, in my history of covering the NBA that sets off all kinds of alarm bells. Like there's shenanigans going on with trying to misinformation stuff like that. How much does a work, how much does a workout matter? I mean, Tim, you got both Tim's, in the, in the hours leading up to the draft, when the executives were, were, we all were talking, the journalists and the executives were talking, what were they asking, Bontemps? Who were the what Raptors taking? Who were the Raptors of, I got a lot of questions about what is Toronto doing it for? That's what everybody wanted to right. know. And um, 
I just, I just thought, well, they're going to take subs. This is all, yeah. a, 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 you know, I mentioned this, I think on the pod earlier um, in Vegas, uh, when Josh Giddy was playing for the Australians, Toronto had seven people there. So I'm thinking, well, maybe they're going to trade down. Um, there's all kinds of stuff. And well, and there was, there, there was rumors about OKC dangling Gilgis Alexander, which, you know, I asked around about that was <laughs> pretty strongly told. No, no. Yeah. I, totally candid. I, to be totally candid. I have think those rumors came from uh, me proposing that in a story on our website uh, last week. So, I mean, I don't really know how real any of that actually. Ever yeah. Bon Temps believes that Shea Gildas Alexander is not going to spend the next 10 years with the thunder. He, even the next three years with the thunder, he thinks that Shea Gil- I don't want to put words in your mouth. You think what about Shea Bon Temps? I, I mean, I've said it on the pod before. I, I right. think that the timeline with the Thunder is just not – it doesn't line up with a guy who's ready to win right now with, again, the Thunder just drafted Josh Giddy. I think Josh Giddy could be really good. He's also, like, 12 years old. They drafted Alex, Alexei Pope. Gilgis Alexander is not exactly – I mean, what's he, 22? Well, I'm just saying, he's going into the – he's going into his – fourth year of his contract he's about to sign an extension and they're drafting all these guys who might be really good down the road but they're all 17 years old like it's just the timelines are off so i think there's a they, chance that at some point you know you're making a joke about 17 year olds but they drafted like an 18 year old last year and the guy they drafted today just turned or that no, he went to houston yeah. or never mind i lost track no houston drafted oh. four 19 year olds in the first round right yeah that's right no and, and josh giddy's super young too and like look these guys yeah. are really talented it's not it's not a knock on the thunder like they're drafting good players but uh anyway that was you know, that was I was half kidding, I, but I do think that's where that came from. I disagree with you. I think Shea Gilson Alexander, you hold on to because all of those draft picks that, you to know, be, whatever to, the update yeah, is to be, now. To, to be clear, I would hang on to Shea Gilson Alexander. I think he's a stud. I'm just okay. looking at the way the Thunder are handling things. All right. So anyway, Suggs they goes got a bunch to, of cash. They just, they just sold the uh, naming rights. That's true. Yeah, ma'am. Paycom? Paycom Arena. Hmm. Uh, okay, so Suggs goes to uh, ends up going to Orlando. That's one of those things. I mean, I mean, it's easy to say that now, but I remember in the moment, whenever you have a top five maneuvering like that, in the moment, I remember when the Luca Trey Young trade happened. I thought this mm-hmm. is a trade that could get somebody fired, and as it's turned out, it's got nobody fired. In fact. It's getting people extended, <laughs> you know. Well, Donnie, well, Donnie, Nelson, Donnie, Donnie Nelson got well, fired, but it was completely unrelated to that. That's the right, that's, that's the reason that some people objected to him getting fired. Like, that's hey, right. how did how did you know this eighteen year old uh, Euro League MVP was going to be good? Well, a lot of people. Uh, it, it, Luca was hardly a diamond in the rough, yeah. but um, this is a this is a move by Masai Ujiri, who, as far as we know, is working without a contract. No word there, and. The Raptors made their general manager, Bobby Webster, available uh, to discuss the draft tonight, not Masai, and Masai continues mm-hmm. to not speak. Um, but whatever, the Raptors make a decision to pass on Suggs, and um, maybe it's a great move, maybe it's not, but it was a risky one. It was a risky one. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, to me, that's going to be one of the stories of this draft. We saw last year, you know, Halliburton sliding way back, and, and I knew that night, I was like, boy, Halliburton, you know, I didn't yeah. know he was going to be as good as he was, but I thought that was one of the stories of the night. I don't think you need to be a, a super insider to realize that Suggs not being taken in that slot could be the story of the night, and it could be a huge beneficiary for the Magic. Well, it was it was especially interesting because of the Lowry situation, because you're thinking, you know what? 
Suggs can kind of slide right into that. Him and Van Vliet, you know, he, he he's he's big enough to where he can guard twos. Uh, you know, he's kind of he's kind of a Kyle Lowry starter kit in in a lot of ways. <laughs> you know, there's really a, a a lot of similarities there, uh, just in terms of like you know toughness, uh, you know intelligence, uh, competitiveness, all all those kind of things. Um, so, so that one really surprised me. And then, you know, Orlando, you say, well, you know, Hey, they've got Fultz, they've got Cole Anthony, they've got RJ Hampton. And I think the magic, right? Like who gives a crap? Like we're, you know, this is a rebuilding project. You take when a guy's clearly the best talent on the board, especially at five, like you pounce on them. And you know, that's exactly what Orlando did. I, I, every time I watch Jalen Suggs play at Gonzaga this year, I couldn't take my eyes off. And I, I don't pretend to be Mike Schmitz, who, by the way, as an aside, was unbelievable on the broadcast today. He is a whiz with this stuff. He just sits there and spouts off a thousand things, whatever guy that comes on. But Jalen Suggs is awesome. And I, yeah. I, I watch him all year. And I just, if I had a chance to draft him in this draft, I, I would happily bet my stakes on him and say, you know what? If this doesn't work out, I'll go to sleep at night. Because I this kid is, you talk to anybody, he's a rock solid person he's a terrific defensive player he's an unbelievable passer I mean he just he makes winning plays all over the place anybody who saw that national championship semifinal against UCLA that block he had at the rim followed by that full court pass he had for a dunk I mean he just he does unbelievable stuff all the time <laughs> and the half court well, shot and there's yeah, huge, and the half court shot I think there's huge developmental upside with him because I mean this is a guy Alabama and Ohio State and those kind of schools wanted him to play quarterback I mean, yep. this is a dude who, you know, was was a two sport star until last year. Yep. So, you know, he is going into his second year focusing on basketball year round. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a there's a ton of developmental. You know, the, what's the one of the knocks? Well, you know, the jump shot's not what it, this that and the other. I I'm willing to bet you that his jump shot consistently gets better and better and better. And I bet you five years we're looking up. And then he's a high thirties, uh, at, at, at least high thirties, three point shooter. Yeah. I mean, I think this is just a massive night for Orlando. I mean, people in the league are pretty high on Franz Wagner, uh, Will Wagner's little brother, who is a, a wing player. like his brother. He's supposed to be a good defensive player at multiple spots. Um, but I thought when the Raptors jumped up to four, it was a monumental moment for them because they could get one of these four guys in this draft who were seen as a cut above everybody else. And for a team with the talent they already have, to add a guy like Jalen Suggs was a huge thing. And look, a lot of people really like Scotty Barnes. He's a big, long, athletic mm-hmm. kid. He could do a lot of things with the ball. He could be really good. Um, and Masai Jujiri and Bobby Webster, the Raptors front office is really good. Um, they found a lot of guys, you know, got Fred Bentley, uh undrafted, found Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi late in the first round, got Norm Powell in the second round. Their, their track record in the draft is really good. So Scotty Barnes will probably be really good, but I – I personally would have taken Jalen Suggs there. And I think Orlando getting him at five for a franchise that has been completely irrelevant and rudderless for years to get a guy with that kind of personality to be the face of that franchise going forward and lead that team. I think it's a huge, huge moment for them. And I think he's going to be a real star. Did, did you like his suit? His suit was big time. That was, that was big time. Even had Orlando colors. It worked out great for him. I mean, J- Jalen Green's suit, though, with the bell bottoms, like he, he looked like he was coming out of a 70s disco. Jalen Green's <laughs> hair was awesome. Yeah, with the hair, too. I, he, yes. He's like, his, his, he's, he's an interesting kid. I, I, I'm, th- this group of kids coming in the league, they are, 
from a journalist standpoint. Like, Kate Cunningham seems like a good kid. Jalen Suggs is a great interview. Like, these guys are interesting personalities. So I, I think from that standpoint, we're in good shape, too. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hitch, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit DirecTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. I also thought uh, Charlotte, um, you know, there was some surprise moves that happened. Um, I don't know enough about uh, all these players. I'll be the first to tell you. Right. I I don't follow college basketball. We don't have um, these guys on here, but I definitely saw people who I really respected that had James Bork nights, um, you know, as a top six, seven selection. Yeah. So a lot Uh, of him to OKC or Golden State at six and seven. Yeah. And uh, so some guys jumped up, including Giddy. Um, the, uh, the, 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 there was a lot of speculation about what Memphis was going to do. I talked to um, a number of people in the league who thought that um, they, they, were, they were targeting somebody when they moved up. They obviously tried to get to nine with the Kings and then, um, and then ended up getting 10. People wondered what, who were they going after? And there was even some discussion in the league about whether – if a guy that was off the board they wanted, some people were speculating that um, uh, was Moses Moody, but that was the guy they wanted. Um, these are Easy professionals. Perk to say. Yeah. Uh, perk, perk was Perk tonight. It was a <laughs> lot of Perk. It was a lot of Perk going on tonight. Full scale Perk. Maybe too much Perk. Um, but a lot of people thought Moody was the guy they were, they were looking at. So they come in with Zaire Williams, who um, big time athlete, uh, I saw him he play. I went to see uh, LeBron James Jr., Bronny mm-hmm. James, and he was on Bronny James's team last year. So um, he's a guy who, if he if he could have come out after his high school, you know, as as yeah. a high school senior, you yeah. know, I think he might have been a top five pick, but he was projected, you know, to be probably second half of the first round because he had a disappointing freshman season. So. Yeah, Gavoni had him 17 going into tonight. So kind of split the difference almost. Memphis gets him at 10. You know, my thought, though, is, man, you know, did Memphis have to move up from 17 to 10 to get him? Uh, Yeah. You know, that's that's the thing there. I mean, he got a lot of helium late, so I would would guess they probably did, to be honest. Memphis really – Memphis's track record – Zach Kleiman and those guys, Rich, they've Cho, done a great job in the draft. Really yeah, great they job. have. 
you have to, you know, and they, they traded just like last year, you know, they traded in and got the 30th pick and got Desmond Bain. Yeah. They snuck in right at the end. They snuck in and got the 30th pick again this year. Yeah. Right at the, right at the, at the horn. They, they got the, the Spanish uh, kid. I don't know much about him at all, but I didn't know much about Desmond Bain a year ago. Oh, uh, movie. So, yeah. Um, so, uh, but I thought, you know, Charlotte getting Bork Knight at 11, who fits alongside um, LaMelo Ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they trade back in to the to the teens with the, the pick. They, they trade in to get the Knicks pick and um, draft uh, the big man from Texas, Kai, Kai Jones, I believe. Yep. And I don't know if he's NBA ready, but they've been desperate for size. Well, but so, they, would, they went and they got uh, whichever Plumlee. They was got dumping. Mason Plumley. That was a nice. That was a nice trade. They yeah. Got, so they got up to thirty-seven and got Plumley, who is a solid, serviceable center. Yeah. So nice they got a guy player. who can kind of be your stopgap center, you know, for the next uh, couple of years as they're you know hopefully developing this guy. Obviously, you know Jones needs to fill out, but I don't think it's real hard to kind of look at Jones and say. This guy's going to catch a lot of Lamelo lob passes over the course oh, of his absolutely. career. I mean, he, that kid's a six eleven track runner. I mean, he right. flies up and down the court. Like if the fit of him with Miles Bridges and and Lamelo and Boot Knight like that, the Charlotte's going to be fun. Charlotte's going to be a fun team to watch for sure. Yeah, so I think they had. A, I think Charlotte had a had a good night, um, considering that they've been sort of on the bubble there. Um, just missed out on the bubble in Orlando, and then you know we're on the outside wow. this year. I mean, you know, they're you know up well good night. The Washington Wizards, not only not only because of not only because they got rid of Westbrook, and because they got some guys who can play back for him without giving up anything. But I like Corey Kispert for them at fifteen. He's another Gonzaga guy. He's a lights out shooter, kind of a Joe Harris type. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he could come in and immediately play for them. You have him at Davis Bertans. Uh, space in the floor. All of a sudden, that's a lot of shooting around Bradley Beal. I don't and know I how like much defense training. it is, but yeah. Well, I mean, the Wizards weren't playing any defense anyway, so now they at least have some True shooting. <laughs> and I also like them turning 22 into Aaron Holiday. Um, Tommy Shepard, the GM of the Wizards, has liked Aaron Holiday for a long time. I remember talking to him about Aaron Holiday when he was watching him in the Pac-10 tournament um, when I sold the Washington Post a few years ago. And um, – you know, getting him to come in and play point guard, he might be able to start a pinch for them if they can't get a more immediate upgrade. But I, I like that move for them too, given they've got already five or six um, really young guys with Denny Abijah and Rui Hachimura and now Kispert and these other guys to get a guy like Holiday who can come in and play. I, I thought they had a really, really good day um, to get some long-term salary cap flexibility and some guys who can plug and play around Bradley Beal right now is to try to retool that, retool that roster around. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure about this. So I just want to be clear, but I would assume that Bradley Beal had to sign off on Westbrook being traded. No, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And there, there had been chatter going back to when Scott Brooks got let go that Russell Westbrook wasn't happy um, with that. Obviously he's been with Scott Brooks a long time. Um, you know, so, but yeah, this, well, where, like where the, is Scott Brooks an assistant now? Portland. Oh, Portland. Well, now, now the fact that, um, you know, just like you said with the Lakers, the fact that LeBron James uh, is on the Lakers would lead you to believe LeBron James would sign off on a trade like in Russell Westbrook. Well, I'm sure he signed off on it. It's just a matter no, of. No, but I'm just oh, saying. That, yeah. Bradley Beal, 
Bradley Beal is going to sign off, just like Bradley Beal signed off on the Russell Westbrook trade for John Wall in the first place. He certainly signed off on this Russell Westbrook trade today. I don't think there's any well, question. About you know, that. like there, when it comes to this, people think it's a, it's a, a black and white issue. LeBron wants this guy traded. Or LeBron doesn't want this guy traded. It, it's not always like that way. Sometimes he's indifferent. He gives his opinion or whatever. When it came to Anthony Davis, LeBron like literally went on the record and then said which guys on his team he wanted traded for. Anthony Davis. Okay. Um, when LeBron came to the uh, Cavs, he said he was excited about playing with a certain number of players. Yeah, he wrote a letter players, and left out the people who are gonna left out the guys that he intended to, for them to trade for Kevin Love. So, you know, the, the, the trade for J.R. Smith, like David Griffin came to him and said, you know, we, we can get him on Shumpert who we really want, but they want us to take Jr. And he was like, no, no, get Jr. I'll get Jr. and I'll take care of him. It's like there are, you know, and I, I don't know. Maybe we'll find out in the coming days or hours where LeBron was on this. But when I heard about this possibility a week ago, I was like, boy, that sounds like something LeBron. Because, you know, another thing is LeBron does have a history of making various groupings on his team work. There's also a history of him saying, bring me these guys and it being a disaster. Uh, mm. Bring me Dwayne Wade as an example. Nope. Uh, bring me, you know, those, that group of guys with the, with the Lakers the first year he was there. Nope. So I don't know. You know, McMahon is right. Like Russell Westbrook's a talented player. There is some world, I suppose, where this could work. But regardless of all that, considering Washington had this guy, had him on this massive contract and, you know, just, just go back and look what they were, you know, if you want to look at what they traded John wall who yeah. was, was, you know, borderline untradeable player. Yep. And they traded a first round pick win that deal. Well, they got a first round pick back today. Right. And, and the first round pick that they traded might end up being two seconds. It's, it's very heavily protected. Well, listen, and they, they, got a, they turned, they yeah. turned John wall into, useful players, salary cap flexibility, and aren't out any picks. The Lakers are out more picks for Russell Westbrook than the, than the Wizards are. Like yeah. that's, that's a huge win for the Wizards. And, and honestly, John Wall right now is a, it's a pretty significant problem for the Rockets. You're trying to rebuild around Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. Those are the two number, you know, number one and two guys. You know, Christian Wood as well. they got some other young now pieces. Sangoon. Well, you know, yeah, they've got, but the, the, the two guys who have the highest upside that they're trying to build around are Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr. And again, we can throw Christian Wood in there, but my point is you want those guys playing a ton of minutes. John Wall, paying John Wall $92 million to, to take minutes away from those guys over the next two years is just not a good idea. You know, it's just not a good situation. And, you know, to a lesser degree, uh, you know, Eric Gordon, who has a significant contract and, yes, and, you know, okay, there'll be some three guard line, whatever. Like the Rockets need to find out a way to figure out a way sooner than later to ways with those guys. Uh, with Wall, it's, I think Gordon, I do think Gordon's tradable. Uh, how many years do you have left, Tim? I believe I need to double check that. I'm, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. Right yeah, I believe now I believe he's got a couple left. Um, 
wall, I just don't see, uh, you know, I think it's very clear at some point there will be a buyout there, but it's not, they're not going to give them $92 million to, to walk away. I mean, I think well, that's the, probably well, the, a next the, summer the, conversation. I, well, the, the, the Pistons bought out Blake with more than a year left. Do you think there's any chance that that 90, happens here? $92 million. I mean, I mean look, the, the, the Rockets are, they did just get a Jersey Pat sponsor, uh, credit karma money. So, you know, <laughs> Uh, they've got some credit. Maybe they have some karma, a little bit more money. So maybe, they, maybe there's something that can work here. Eric Gordon, just so you guys know, has two years left and he, uh, I think he's, I think he's, I think his contract's unguaranteed until the start of the league year in 23. So he's got, I think he's got two guaranteed years left. Yeah. Least. And that, that third is like, he has to either be an all-star or they have to win yeah. a championship. I don't yeah. <laughs> he's got two years. Yeah. So speaking of buyout guys, um, during the middle of the draft here in Tokyo, Jerry Colangelo, the head of USA basketball had a press conference. Greg Popovich couldn't be at the press conference because his team was drafting. Steve Kerr couldn't be at the press conference because his team was drafting. Like literally while Jerry was yeah. talking, um, the Spurs drafted this guy, Primo, who I know nothing about. I'm going to have to rely on our people to tell me about Primo. Youngest I know this guy was, in the draft. I know he was, um, he was projected. I think, uh, where did Gavoni have him? Late twenties. Yeah. yeah. The youngest guy in the draft out of Alabama. The okay. team formerly known as the Austin Toros will get a lot of, uh, primo action next show I think. okay well it's a lottery pick so um all right so anyway um so jerry colangelo was doing it it was you know there was only five people on on the zoom which you know normally when usa basketball has a press conference there's you know 70 people from around the world um but because the nba draft was going on it was not and so jerry colangelo was talking about the decision you know he was sort of defending their roster just their roster choices but the point i'm bringing up is what he said about kevin love um, he asked, uh, he was asked about, you know, the decision to put Kevin Love on the roster and, you know, what issue that caused. And so I'm just going to read to you what he said about Kevin Love. Have you heard this yet, Ben? I'm not. <laughs> oh, here you I go. Didn't think, I didn't think Kevin Love was going to play. I wasn't even sure he had much left to play. He reached out to us and said he was in shape and he said he felt he owed us. And on the basis of that, and we're looking at someone with international experience, well, one who at one time was a heck of a rebounder and could still shoot the ball, you know, like being the 12th man on the roster. Well, it didn't work out. He wasn't in shape and he was way behind as it turned out. So you move on, call it a mistake, call it giving someone an opportunity, someone who had equity with us. Now, I mean, Jerry's. What would you, what would you call that, damn it, man? <laughs> I would call that not helping uh, Cleveland trade his contract. <laughs> no, I mean, and like that's a thing. Like every, every when when Team USA's practices were closed for the first week, typically we get to watch. We didn't because we couldn't be there. Then we were able to come to the games the second week. The scouts that I knew and Tim was talking to the same scouts. They were just like Kevin looks terrible, mm. and uh, when he played, looked terrible, and if he just tapped out. But the Cavs did trade. Remember the Cavs. The Cavs, as part of this, were hoping that Kevin Love would come to Tokyo and rehab his value. Yeah, himself in a position to maybe be turned into something. Well, I guess I guess he uh, technically did not hurt his value. 
No, he did. He did. I, I don't think you. I, I mean, listen. If a like you can't he hear what it. it's a dude. It was, stocks it was don't go and you, you can't have negatives like value. You actually stock. can well, because the, the <laughs> thing trademark is, you can because he said, "I'm in good shape." Now I'm going to show you, and people are like, "Oh, okay. Well, you know, they haven't played for two months. Maybe he is in good shape." Let's see. Oh, so. The Cavs did trade for Ricky Rubio today, which I actually thought was a pretty good trade. Tory and Prince for Ricky Rubio. Um, uh, to, to, you know, he'll be a he'll be their backup. But um, but just it, you know, Jerry Colangelo's evaluation. And it, by the way, it doesn't Jerry Jerry saying that. It, it's not revealing. It's just it's just him saying what everybody else is saying behind the scenes. Yeah. So for people out there who are who number one. It's called seeing the quiet part out loud. Right. And he's doing it because he's defending. You know, he's like, listen, we were we were trying to do right by the guy, and the guy wasn't ready. But the point so is or go on. Pe- also, people who think if Kevin Love gets a buyout, he will come to their team. And you know, then I think that's that's relevant. It's not worth spending more time talking about than that. Did he explain Javel McGee though? No, <laughs> that's what I'm curious about. <laughs> Like the Kevin Love um, thing, he did. He did explain know. why they didn't go with Trey Young. Ooh, um, what was that answer? Again, I'll just read it verbatim because I got the transcript right here. I'm happy that Trey wants to play for USA Basketball. We had him in one of our camps a few years ago. We know him in USA Basketball. He's done really well in the NBA, but predicated on what we felt we needed, which means he's, they thought they needed size. Mm-hmm. He didn't fit the bill this time around. He's a young player, has a future with USA Basketball but it was the opinion of our staff that it wasn't now it's for others to make the declaration that we made a mistake. If, um, if, if we lose, it will be pointed out. We made a lot of mistakes and you have to respond to it. And if they win, they won't have to say anything. Team team USA's mistake is the Oklahoma city skins leagues gain. (laughs) I I saw that. That was a cool video. Um, the guy didn't, again, the guy didn't, I know there, I know everybody's showing up that guy and saying like, oh my God, he got burned. He played good defense. Yeah. You know, just got stuck w- with those NASCAR jerseys on. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, I, the second round has been going on. We didn't even watch it. I hope there wasn't like a 15 player trade that just happened. Nah, I've been, I've been watching as we've gone along. There's been nothing, uh, okay. nothing too, nothing too dramatic has happened. All right. Well, next week we have free agency, man. I don't think it's going to be one of the wildest years we've seen, but there's going to be some action and uh, we still have, we still don't know what's going to happen with Kawhi. It's still a mystery. Um, I don't, I think he's going to stay put, but I don't feel, I don't have good information on it. I don't mm-hmm. feel sometimes you, you can speak with confidence. I speak with no confidence on that. I so, would say the two guys to me that are going to be the most interesting to watch are Lowry, who we talked about, and Spencer Dinwiddie. Of all the of all the more name worthy guys, those are the two guys who seem most likely to change teams. And then Lonzo Ball's the other one. Like his, his situation, yeah. I think, will also be interesting to see um, where he winds up because um, it does not, you know, doesn't seem like he's going to be with the Pelicans based off reading the tea leaves. But it'll be interesting to see where he does wind up. Yeah, I mean, the, the Pelicans paid a price to clear that cap space. So if you don't want to be compared to the Sacramento Kings, um, use it wisely. That's what I would say. Uh, Zion is watching. Uh, okay, thank you for listening to the Hoop Collective podcast. 
I hope everybody has a good night. I will hopefully have a good afternoon and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Adios amigos.